how can organizations better control the rising cost of security? Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz, Executive Editor with Information Security Media Group, and I'm speaking with Chris Richter, SVP of Global Security Services at Level 3 Communications. Chris, thanks for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here, Matthew. Thank you. You are speaking here at InfoSec Europe in London on controlling security costs. What are some of the messages and insights that you plan to bring to that discussion? Matthew, one of the things I really want to point out to the audience is the fact that security costs are creeping up, and in some cases they're rocketing up. I believe they're out of control. They're taking the same path as healthcare costs, following the same trajectory. And, you know, if you go back five, ten years ago, what was considered to be a normal percentage of an overall IT budget for security was around 3 to 6%. If you were spending more than 6% of your IT budget on security, you were probably doing something wrong. You were spending too much. And that was kind of the common belief. But now, on average, IDC reports that security budgets are in excess of 21% of an IT budget. And in some cases, they're 50 to 60%. I've talked to CISOs and CSOs who have to present to their board of directors. They keep coming back to the well, asking for more money. It is a very, very stressful situation because now security spending is starting to cut into the IT budget overall, so much so that it's impacting revenue-generating IT systems. So it's a real problem. And so when it comes to trying to control those costs, obviously there's been a lot of changes in recent years. Things like threat intelligence has come up, information sharing has come up. What sorts of ways can organizations use what we have now that we didn't have before, before all these budgets started to creep up? Well, that's part of the problem, Matthew. I mean, if you look out on the show floor at InfoSecurity, you'll see the reasons why the security spend is increasing. The reason these companies are here is because they have to develop newer technologies. They have to stay on the cutting edge of malware detection, malware infestation, data theft protection. And the reason they have to build these new techniques is because hackers are getting smarter. They're developing new techniques. So the more sophisticated hackers become, the spread of IoT, the more money there is to be made through these types of exploits, the more we have to build expensive technology to fight the problem. The technology is not the only answer, and there is certainly no silver bullet to fighting uh, cyber theft. There are a lot of different approaches you can take, but primarily it's governance. It all starts with governance. Having a risk profile, a risk assessment, understanding where your vulnerabilities are, understanding what the value of your data is, where your data is located, so you can apply the right security controls, spend the right amount of money to protect the right data, as opposed to taking a peanut butter approach and spreading that security spend all throughout the organization. Take your most valuable data, understand what the risk of accessing it is, and apply the appropriate security controls to that. Part of governance is also education. Humans still are the weakest link. You cannot patch stupid. And individuals have to be taught and reminded on a regular basis basic data hygiene techniques. Do not pick up a USB drive and plug it into your computer because you want to see what's on it. You're curious. I and mean, that's a wonderful way to get infected. Don't click on attachments from unknown recipients. Don't click on strange attachments from known senders. There are basic techniques that you have to understand, and that comes through education. Education is driven by proper security governance. The second thing is cloud-based security products. More and more uh, companies are beginning to understand that putting security controls on the network 
on the service provider's network or in the cloud in many ways be much more cost effective and provide greater value and better security than can traditional hardware-based approaches and going to that expense of having to hire people, retain them, train them on security, do the technical refreshes on the equipment, pay the maintenance fees, which can exceed 50% a year in many cases, especially for some of this newer technology. And then in terms of information sharing, how important is that now as a concept? Very important. So Matthew, that is the third leg of the stool. You know, with all this new security technology out there, even it, as I said, there's no silver bullet, even it cannot provide a complete and total solution to the problem. Most exploits are discovered through information sharing with other organizations and other individuals who happen to discover it. They are not discovered by technology. Somebody happens to stumble across a system uh, behaving aberrantly or confidential information, intellectual property discovered on the dark web by somebody else who happens to inform you. Hey, I think I just saw some of your data, your files, your employee files out on the dark web for sale. That truly is. We have to pull together as a society to share information, share exploits, information to better protect ourselves. So it's a combination of information sharing, cloud-based technology, and just greater awareness and uh, best practices delivered by governance. Now, I know you're talking too here at InfoSec Europe about ESG. Tell me a little bit more about that, please. Ah, yes, I'd love to. ESG, or Enterprise Security Gateway, is a new service from Level 3. It is basically a constellation of gateways on our backbone. We have one of the largest IP backbones on the planet. We are building out a number of gateways around the globe through which our customers' traffic will flow out to the internet and come in from the internet. These gateways incorporate next-generation network firewall technology, sandboxing technology, malware detection, URL filtering, web application uh, controls, so that certain individuals can get access to certain cloud-based and web-based applications and others cannot. You can control who gets access to what based on their user profile and their uh, access rights. So this basically takes that expensive hardware that a lot of organizations have invested in or having to refresh and train people to maintain, pushes it up to our backbone, and then we create a private connection from the customer's local area network to that gateway so that all traffic, ingress and egress with the internet flows through the gateway. It basically becomes a checkpoint to and from the internet. And so they're benefiting from, obviously, economies of scale. You're the one refreshing the hardware and software involved in scrubbing the traffic. Absolutely correct. And not only are we refreshing the hardware, but we're also building out a uh, NFV, Network Function Virtualized Gateway Platform. So we are building many technologies into these gateways so customers don't have to stick with a single vendor for the platform. They'll have choices with regard to the types of services they want, the service levels, and the specific technologies they want to use in a shared environment that's also virtualized on our backbone. We believe that this is the direction the market is moving. We believe that the days of premises-based hardware are going to uh, not come to an end, but they're going to be diminished because you can't buy all of the hardware you can possibly require to protect your infrastructure. You're going to have to rely on network-based security controls to do much of the heavy lifting. It cannot be 100% premises-based. Thank you very much for your time today, Chris. Thank you, Matthew. It's a pleasure being here. For ISMG, I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thank you for joining us.